Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. For the first time in the NBA playoffs this season, the Los Angeles Lakers actually won a game one in a playoff series. Uh, we did not have to play the Los Angeles Clippers. It was instead the Denver Nuggets. We're going to keep saying that time and time again. Maybe every podcast episode, the rest of the playoffs, just got to hammer that home a little bit. Um, hey, Jason. Yes. Did you know that the Los Angeles Clippers blew a 3-1 lead? Oh, I didn't know that. The I Oh, no, well, now you know, and so do the listeners. We could call them the, the K-3-1-pers. I don't know if you saw that tweet that I did on Lake Show Life. It was kind of cringy, but it got a few retweets. So, um <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers emerge victorious game one, 126, 114. Uh, they obviously lost the first two game two game ones. Previous series went on to gentlemen sweep. Daniel, how you feeling? What was your number one takeaway from this game? If you had to uh, give me a number one. That my Lakers and five pick may have been a little bit too generous. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Lakers looked absolutely ridiculously better than the nuggets tonight. yeah and i don't know if that we can expect that going forward i don't expect to demolish them every game of this series you know they might take one but i think i'm leaning more towards a sweep than lakers and five obviously i'm going to stick with my pick um lakers and five but man they looked so exceptional tonight it was just it was fantastic yeah i mean they got up to an early lead i mean first quarter was even but then you know got out to that second quarter lead and kind of just coasted with it uh they pulled away a little bit in the third and then in the fourth uh denver obviously brought it back a little bit closer once the starters were sitting and whatnot but um it was fantastic man i mean they did the, the nuggets did enough to kind of stay somewhat close in it for most of the game uh it wasn't until you know the third quarter second half of the third quarter when the lakers really started to pull away and make it a blowout um i was kind of nervous the whole time just like it felt like one of those lingering games especially after seeing what the nuggets did to the clippers uh, they just stayed within, you know, 12 to 15 points. I was like, oh, all it takes is one run. But the Lakers, man, they are a better coach team than the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they are a deeper team. And, you know, they didn't let them even get close. They didn't let them get back into it. And it's just it was a very comfortable win throughout. So kind of like the rest of the playoff wins, though. You know, we've said every playoff game that they've won, they were noticeably the better team. And even the ones they lost, they were, you know, kind of shooting them, themselves in the foot. Um, this was just a fantastic game, man. I don't, there's nothing but positives to take away. One thing I noticed about the Los Angeles Lakers tonight is that the ball movement was a lot better, uh, than in past games. I thought it was fantastic. Rondo, you know, with the assists, I think I saw a stat show up on, uh, on TNT tonight that they put up Rondo and LeBron had more assists at one point in the game than the Nuggets had as an entire team. Oh, which wow. Was really impressive. I really thought it was some of the best ball movement I've ever seen. Um, the amount of, you know, rim running, perfect passes for alley-oops, uh, amount of, you know, just finding open shooters in the corners was really, really exceptional. Um, and they were able to work both beyond the arc and down low, which was really impressive. You know, that's something we've kind of talked about is uh, the lack of the three-point ball with the Los Angeles Lakers. But uh, they shot over 40% on the night from, uh, from downtown. And down low, they were working with Dwight Howard coming back. AD had his way. He had, I believe what was it 37 points yes 37 37 points yeah yeah absolutely great down low yeah the ball movement was great they had four players with four more assists you had caruso with four anthony davis with four 
Rajon Rondo with nine and LeBron James with 12. And yeah, like you said, there was creative passes, you know, just great court vision. We saw some of that with Rondo, some, should I say vintage Rondo or playoff Rondo, uh, just some great passes. Uh, he had one where it was like a bounce pass to the inside. That was spectacular. Uh, LeBron doing his thing. Caruso had a few nice feeds to LeBron. Um, it was nice, man. It was nice. And like you mentioned, you know, Dwight Howard, that was someone I really wanted to highlight in this podcast episode. Um, I texted you, you know, we didn't get to see much of him. I don't think we actually saw any of them in the second round and he played 16 minutes, but I thought his minutes in the second quarter at the beginning of the second quarter were the most impactful, um, on the box, you know, box score. He actually had 13 points. That's more than I would have expected. Um, you know, he had three boards, two steals, two blocks, you know, not a huge night necessarily, but he went out there and he was kind of being that little pest, uh, you know, he was getting the Nuggets kind of in foul trouble. He was frustrating Jokic. You know, he got Jokic two off-ball fouls. Um, you know, and then there was that that scene of him, uh, like, in their huddle when there was a technical. I think it was a technical on <laughs> yep. Jamal Murray, and he was, like, huddled up with them at half court. And he was just being, like, the Lance Stevenson, you know, just get in, you know, get in their head, kind of cause havoc. Um, and it was fantastic, man. It worked. I know there's some controversy on the foul calls. I will be honest. I do think... Some of the things they called were not great. I wouldn't say that it wasn't fair. Um, I just think it was bad officiating. I don't think it was a Lakers, you know, scripted, you know, trying to get the Lakers in the finals. I just think when you have bad officiating, uh, the better team is obviously going to benefit from that more because they know how to capitalize on it. Like there was one where Anthony Davis took a three. I think it was at the end of the second half. And it was totally him trying to draw the foul. And Jokic didn't do anything on top of that to warrant the foul. Um, And they called it, you know, and it was just, you know, AD being a veteran. Um, and getting that foul, but I don't think it was necessarily like, oh, we got to get the Lakers in the NBA Finals. But there were a lot of fouls in the Lakers' favor for sure. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, you know what? It seems like any crew that's kind of uh, led by Scott Foster is a little bit shaky. Uh, there's a name drop of Scott Foster, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I thought I thought it really worked both ways. But like you said, you know, when there's obviously a better team on the court than another. Uh, the te- better team is going to benefit nine times out of 10, a lot more than uh, the opposing side. So, you know, the Lakers benefit benefited from it tonight and, you know, you can't really complain. Yeah, man. And, you know, whether it was justified or not, they, they saw what was going on. They got Jokic in foul trouble. There was those two off ball fouls. He got him three fouls in the first half. I believe Jamal Murray had three fouls in the first half. And yep. if that's going to happen for the Nuggets, like you cannot win this series. You can't even win a game if you're going to have, you know, that much foul trouble. And that's always been kind of Jokic's, you know, kind of not saving grace. The opposite of that is Achilles heel is, uh, you know, if he gets in foul trouble, the Nuggets are kind of screwed. Um, but even with him, you know, AD came out, he balled out, and he was the better big in this game. Danny, would you say he's the best big man in this league? I would. I would. Ooh, okay. Just seeing the way he's been playing, I think that he is the best big man in the league. I mean, when you talk about best big man in the league, it's really what, Embiid, Towns, Nikola Jokic in that conversation, yeah. I would say. Yeah. I think AD hasn't been really in that conversation because a lot of people consider him to be a four, but he's been playing a lot more of a, of five minutes um, for the Lakers down the stretch here in the playoffs. So if we're going to include him as a five, I would say he's far and away better than the other three guys I just mentioned. Yeah, I would agree, man. I mean, we've been saying it. You know, the Lakers have the two two of the five best players in the league. I would argue they probably have the two best players in the playoffs remaining, um, which if that doesn't tell you what you need to know, you know, what does. But, look, he did a great job defensively. You know, the Lakers bigs, uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, they all did great. Uh, Jokic only had 21 points, six boards, two assists, you know, eight of 14 from the field. Not a terrible shooting night. 
you know, and then the perimeter defense, they were able to kind of disrupt Jamal Murray. He did hit some open threes and whatnot, but 7 of 12, 21 points, 5 assists. That's the kind of game you're probably going to get out of, like, that's almost like the floor for Jokic and Murray. And the fact that they didn't go much higher than that is fantastic. You mentioned in the Portland series that Lillard and McCollum, you know, if you could hold them around 60 combined points, then you're probably in good shape. I would probably argue around the same for them. If you can hold, you know, Jokic and Murray under 60 points, around 60 points, you know, that's a good sign for the Lakers. And they were, you know, a combined 18 points under that. So it was a fantastic job. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, at 60, I feel like it's even on the higher end of the threshold for a, a duo like Jokic and Murray, since they're not as high, you know, high scoring. I mean, Murray's had his 50 point games and 40 point games here in the playoffs. Um, but those two guys, they're not exactly, you know, lights out shooters or not lights out players in general man if i would say that if you can keep them under 50 the yeah. lakers have a good chance obviously if you keep them under 60 i think you're in good shape um because you know they don't really have the offensive weapons to be able to get it going uh yeah. outside of that yeah and i would like to point out to um you said i couldn't make mason Plumley my uh, purple player for this series because he only was averaging 10 <laughs> minutes got 21 minutes yeah. tonight so yeah Maybe I should have made him my, my purple player. <laughs> hey, you, you could have two purple players. It's funny, though. Uh, Plumlee actually had a plus six out there on the plus minus. So uh, they were actually better when he was on the court. <laughs> I think that's because of the fourth quarter, though. Um, and I think that's the only reason he had that many minutes. But, I mean, look, man, the matchup, it's it's a nightmare matchup for Denver. We said that in the series preview episode. I'm a, I'm a hammer at home here. You know, the Lakers have the recipe to kind of slow down Jokic. Uh, he's a great player, and he'll probably figure it out, and he'll make adjustments, and I'm sure he'll have a better game than his, his game one. Um, but they have the weapons to stop him. Same thing with Jamal Murray. We said, you know, regression to the mean. He was shooting 51%, you know, from three-point land after round two, and that actually went up because he went three or five tonight. Um, that's going to go down. I mean, maybe it won't. I don't know, but he's not going to continue to shoot 50% from the field. You know, and like you said, they don't really have the scores on top of that. I mean, I wrote an article about it, why the dead, like the Nuggets didn't stand a chance. Is I was looking at their their points per game for the regular season, and the Lakers, you know, they limited two hot offenses. They limited Portland, which was the hottest offense in the bubble, the second hottest team in the bubble besides the Phoenix Suns. And then they limited the Houston Rockets, which, yeah, Westbrook was kind of banged up, but they were the second or third highest scoring team in the league. The Nuggets were like 19th. And it's just that classic. I mentioned it with the Utah Jazz in the beginning of the playoffs when I said that'd be the easiest possible matchup. You know, you have two teams that are kind of better defensively, and one of those teams has more offensive firepower. Like, the team that doesn't have as much offensive firepower is going to struggle every single time, and that's kind of what we saw tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Man, the Lakers just overmatched the Denver Nuggets from start to finish. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, the Nuggets were up 38-36, yeah. which I was kind of like, you know what? It's not the game I was expecting. I wasn't expecting to be, you know, high octane offense and no defense. Yeah. But the Lakers really knocked it down or, uh, you know, kept it going later in the game, second, third, and fourth quarters. Uh, everything after that first quarter, the defense improved. The Nuggets, you know, really went on a rampage with turnovers. I think there was a, a series of possessions there, three turnovers. They got yeah. a couple offensive rebounds and then just turned over the ball a couple times. And just overall, they didn't have a great game. I think. Outside of that, though, the Lakers played such good basketball that you can't really chalk it up to the Denver Nuggets playing poorly. It was the Lakers playing their A game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, LeBron James, as I mentioned, 15 points. Uh, he didn't really have a huge game, and it's kind of been a trend almost. Uh, I made a joke about it last time. You know, game ones, he kind of 
I don't know if he needs that little kick in the butt or something, but he was just he's been sluggish. No, I don't want to say sluggish, but his output has not been as high in these game ones, all three series. Uh, same thing here, 15 points, 12 assists, six boards. I mean, he was still fantastic, don't get me wrong. Um, and it's just a great thing. It's a great thing to have the best basketball player on the planet. Probably Giannis is the best in the league, but LeBron's still the king, um, especially after Giannis and Kawhi. Don't forget, the Los Angeles Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. Um, after they both <laughs> lost the playoff series, I think LeBron still has to be that guy where it's like if you could have one guy in a playoff, in a, in a game seven, do or die, who do you pick? I think it has to be LeBron, you know, considering he hasn't laid an egg like almost ever in his career, like in the way that Kawhi just did or Giannis did. Granted, he got hurt. Um, but it's nice to have, you know, that player kind of take a back seat, not have a huge game, especially for his standards, and still win by 12 points. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely helps when your co-star is Anthony Davis, a top five player in the league. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What a night he had. Oh, my gosh. He had everything he could go in the way he wanted to. He was having his way with the Denver interior defense all night long. I mean, 37 points in 32 minutes on the night, 12-21. A lot of those points came from the free throw line. He went 12-15, for 15, which, is, you know, we've come to expect from AD. But earlier in the playoffs, you know, the, the free throw shooting wasn't as great. Yeah. Um, tonight, overall, the Lakers, I mean, 73%. You can live with that. 27 for 37 from the free throw line. Um, getting 27 points from the free throw line is always a good thing. Yeah, you know, and those are the stars. Uh, we also have to check in on the purple and gold players, the role players. The gold players are Laker players that have to play good. The purple players are uh, Nuggets players that the Lakers kind of need to, excuse me, play bad. Uh, our gold players, you know, did their thing. Alex Caruso, your gold player for every series this playoffs, will probably be the gold player in the finals if they make it. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> great defense yet again. Uh, he had his four assists, his five boards. He did have four fouls. Uh, didn't play as many minutes because of that. Well, also because, you know, the game wasn't was kind of out of reach. Had himself a block as well. Um, just another solid, you know, not a big box score game, but making that impact on the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, you know, just team defense collectively. There were a lot of things that I hate saying this cliche phrase that didn't show up in the box score. Uh, just <laughs> highlighting Dwight Howard again. Yeah. You know, he only had two blocks on the night. I believe it was two blocks, right? I'm not. Yeah. yeah, two blocks, two blocks on two steals. But you know what? On top of that, it seemed like he he disrupted double digit shots. Yeah, absolutely. Like at the rim, he was just challenging everything. And even if he wasn't credited with a block, it's just as good of a block. You know, you're not going to get any, many shots over Dwight Howard. And I heard the TNT commentators tonight making the comment that you know Dwight Howard is not as spry as he was in the early 2010s. But he's still, even down with the athleticism, he's a lot more athletic than a lot of bigs in the NBA, and that's a hell of an asset for the Lakers to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit the hell, the the nail in the coffin. Um, and then my gold player, someone who has balled out, uh, I think he's really impressed this entire playoffs. Um, that's Markeith Morris. Uh, he got a bigger role against Houston because, you know, the small ball lineup. He started the last two games of the series. Got a little bit of a lesser role here. Still played 16 minutes. Uh, he was part of that second quarter run that put the Lakers up. Uh, he hit, I believe, he was three for four from three in the night. I think he hit two of them in that run. Um, that was, those were his only four shot attempts. He had another two steals, a board, and assist. You know, it wasn't like a spectacular game. Markeith Morse wasn't around there, you know, making a, a bunch of plays happen and whatnot. But he hit his shots when he needed to hit them, and that can be the difference in a game like this. And all playoffs long, he's been a consistent shooter. He's been reliable. He's been, you know, serviceable around the rim and defensively um it's been great to see and we're saying regression towards the mean so with jamal murray so it's only fair to say that with markeith morris is he going to continue to hit three of three or three of four three pointers per game 
probably not but i mean he's he was big in this win at least in that run and you know i'm liking what i've seen out of him i I said before the playoffs he could even be someone that potentially replaces kyle kuzma if they want to you know flirt with a kuzma trade which i don't if they win the title i don't know if they'll do that we'll see you know the one thing we can expect in the nba is to is the unexpected um but he is someone that can kind of fit into that role and i'm really liking what i see out of him yeah definitely i like when he gets minutes at the five because he's big enough and he's been playing great enough defense to be able to, you know, handle the bigs down low for the most part. And he spaces the floor as a five. You know, he's he's the definition of a stretch four or five. Yep. I have a question for you, Jason. Do you know what he's shooting from three in the postseason so far? I was just about to check, but I'm not going to check now. Uh, it's got to okay. say 42%. 44.1%. Wow. Is that updated with tonight? Do you know? Yes, it is. Wow. That would make him second in the NBA playoffs so far behind whom jamal murray no i yeah he's shooting 51 percent from three yeah oh i must be looking at the wrong thing disregard disregard <laughs> no i must be looking at the wrong thing what were you it, on you know what it could just be the western conference final statistics probably yeah that might no be he went well no because he went three or four so that would have been 75 percent oh yeah you're right i don't know what i'm looking at then <laughs> No, I yeah, Tyler Hero above him and Marquise Morris at number two. So I don't really, I don't know what I was looking at, but disregard. Yeah, Jamal Murray is forty nine point one percent right now. Wow, from That's three. Impressive. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know what you're looking at, Daniel. Your stats are all messed up. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, Marquise on ESPN. Let's see. It says he is shooting. Uh, they don't even have his playoff stats. I don't know. We'll look at it tomorrow once they update on Basketball Reference. He's been phenomenal. I'm loving what I see out of him. As for the purple players, uh, my purple player was Gary Harris. I kind of said if they're going to limit Jamal Murray, then you know Gary Harris is going to be that next guy who potentially they look at to score. Uh, he was a non-factor. Five points, two of seven shooting, one of four from three, uh, two boards, no assists, two turnovers, three fouls. Um, yeah, he was bad. There's just no way around it. He was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, like the rest of the, most of the rest of the team too. I mean, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic had fine games, um, but you can't really have fine games when you're the leading uh, leading guys on your team, you know, with not much help around you. Um, so yeah, top to bottom, they just the Nuggets. Look at their box scores; it was just a really poor night overall for them. Yeah, and the near player was uh, Paul Millsap, five points, two of five shooting. He did make a three. Uh, he did have six boards, an assist, a steal, turnover, three fouls. But again, you know, if they just they had a lot of stuff spread out. I mean, you said earlier, you know, the Nuggets didn't necessarily play a terrible game. Um, the Lakers just played such good basketball. And that's why they're the one seed in the West, uh, some people may forget. Um, you know, they didn't play a terrible game, but I wouldn't say they played a great game. And that's kind of the thing. They didn't have that role player step up. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. did have 14 points, but... They didn't have that third player really step up for them. And that third player stepping up, if Millsap has 15 in this game, you know, that's 124, 126 plus, you know, three more from Gary Harris. Who knows, you know, what happens. So, yeah, it was just one of those things, you know, the Nuggets, I think, you know, maybe they beat the Clippers again with this style of game. I don't know, but uh, the Lakers just played such good basketball, like you said earlier. So I I don't know if I'm a Nuggets fan, I'm looking at this like, what do we do? You know? Yeah. Maybe I'm just being a little bit too cocky. You know, we're talking about the Denver Nuggets role players and stuff. I think that, you know, we didn't highlight KCP's night at all. He had 18 points, six for 10 from the floor, three for five from three. 
he was, you know, he was knocking down shots all night. And that's somebody yeah. that, you know, we didn't highlight. He was Lakers second leading scorer on the night behind <laughs> AD. He had more points than LeBron yeah. in uh same amount of minutes, pretty much. Yeah, and he's so, yeah, real solid. He's been solid all playoffs. I mean, he he had some, you know, goose eggs early on uh against Portland, but since then, you know, he's had these games where he's hitting his shots and he's scoring, you know, fifteen plus points. Um, defense has been solid as well. Um, KCP is just one of those guys where you don't really notice him. He's like an umpire or what's the other saying? A bullpen. That's what it is. You don't notice the bullpen until it messes up. I feel like Laker fans don't appreciate KCP and they don't notice him until he messes up. Uh, we are included because like you said, we did not mention him until right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the quietest 18 points. I, I didn't know he had 18 points until I looked at the box score, to be frank with yeah, you. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty solid. Just pretty solid overall. But, yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's It seems like he's always quiet, you know. Yeah. But we, like, as Laker fans, we kind of like to chirp about KCP and chirp at him. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, he, he's been showing up. So, can't really be talking too much about him. Danny Green, though. Um, just imagine if we were getting a full-strength Danny Green like a 2014 Spurs playoff Danny Green where he shot like 50% in the finals that one year. Just imagine yeah. if the Lakers were getting that right now. They would be blowing everyone out of the water. Wouldn't even be close. Yeah, yeah you know, 23 minutes for him on the night. I feel like those are 23 almost lost minutes. He's kind of just there out on the court, not really producing. Yeah. And his defense is great. His defense was fantastic today. Yeah. But on the offensive end, he's such a like a dud. You know, he's, a, he's been a negative. Last couple of games, he's been shooting better from three, so I'll give him credit there. But tonight, it's really back to the same old what we came to expect uh, during the Portland series and the early onset of the uh, of the Rockets series. So, you know, hopefully, you know, if the Lakers are fortunate enough to make it to the NBA Finals, he regains some of that old uh, old nostalgia there. <laughs> uh, the Lakers might have won. That was a good part of the night. A bad part of the night for me, at least, is um, I went zero and two in our betting picks for the game. Um, we don't have to go in depth. We don't have Wait, to talk about it. Two and zero. We don't have to talk about it. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> I went zero and two. I had the Nuggets plus uh, six and a half. I thought it was going to be a close game. I had Lakers one hundred four ninety eight. That was also the under. That did that did not hit. Uh, Daniel had Lakers by eight points. They won by twelve. And he had the over, and the over easily hit. So, yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah. We so could. I guess who's one po- one game behind you now? You're eleven and eleven. I'm ten and twelve. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I still got the lead. I still got the lead. I'll take it from you. I'll take it from you. I mean, I guess we could jump into the Game 2 betting things right now since we're talking about it. Um, yeah, sure. Game 2 lines. Lakers are now 7.5 point favorites. Uh, the over-under has moved up, I believe, to 213.5. I think it was 212.5 last game or 212. Yeah. <sighs> I think you got to go first since – yeah, you go first this time since you went 2-0 last week, since you're the champ All right. of the week. Of the day, I will be taking the. I already have my uh, my answers. I'm taking Lakers minus seven and a half. Once again, I'm going to back the Lakers. I'm also going to back the over. Okay. My final score prediction is 118 to 106. The Lakers are going to win by 12 again. Now, I would like to say that you may or may not have a performance enhancing uh, a program, a PEP that is helping you out. <laughs> Um, which isn't fair because my program is my gut. Um, I like the Lakers minus seven and a half. I'm going to have to agree with you there. I just don't like this series for, um, Denver. See, here's the thing. 
is I want to pick the under because I really do feel like Denver might score even less in this next game. Um, you know, they had that huge first quarter and that kind of fueled their whole game in terms of their points. And then they also, you know, swing it back in their favor in the fourth quarter and garbage time, you know, garbage time points. Um, so I could see them only scoring like 97 against the Lakers and that would lead to potential under, but I also feel like the Lakers just match up so well with them offensively. They did shoot well from beyond the arc, you know, they're not going to shoot 48% or whatever it was every night. Um, what do they shoot from three 42? That's actually not like incredibly high. I'm gonna go Denver 97 and the Lakers one ten. So yeah, that'd be the under. Yeah, one ten. Yeah, I think the and a half total line's a little low considering that they just scored two forty this past game. Yeah, yeah. So you, you I don't know. I picked against you in one thing just so I could uh, extend that lead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I go two and zero oh and you go one and one, we are looking at a tied up uh, series here. Yeah. Um. And and far as game two preview, uh, I don't think we really have to get too much, you know deep into it um considering i just think a lot of the same things are going to happen quite frankly the stuff we previewed before this game that kind of came true and the stuff you know we've talked about already you know i think ad is going to have his night lebron will probably have an even bigger night let's be honest or you know they'll kind of do their thing where lebron has the bigger night and ad takes a little bit of a step back um i don't like denver's offense against this lakers defense and you know i i just think it's going to be another game where the lakers coast i i don't see how it's not of course the nuggets could steal a game and maybe it's game two who knows um but i think if they play a hundred times uh you know fatigue aside just like in a simulation you know both teams 100 percent, no fatigue whatever a hundred times i think the lakers win like 95 times i really maybe not that much that might be a little too high um i just love this matchup for the lakers if in a playoff setting if they play a hundred times i do think the lakers win probably 85 to 90 times i really do um so i i don't know i don't like the nuggets um and I think it's a blessing that we're playing them in the Western Conference Finals. I agree. I have a question for you, though, Jason. Yeah. I gave the Denver Nuggets the Dunn chain. We called them the Denver Nuggets before game one. <laughs> Are you also calling them the Denver Nuggets? Oh, yeah. They're done, dude. They're done. Um, I didn't want to give it to them, you know, before the series started, just out of respect because, you know, they did make our lives easier. Um, they did take out, you know, our least favorite team, the Los Angeles Clippers. Reminder, the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. Um, but, look, I, I saw what I needed to see. Um, the Lakers, you know, they came out. They kind of did what I expected. They won in blowout fashion. Um, do the Nuggets, you know, steal a game potentially? Yeah, I do think maybe they do. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised by a sweep, honestly. If I had to put money on it, which I'm not going to because anything can happen in these crazy playoffs, um, I would bet on the Lakers sweeping the Nuggets, especially after game one. They are for sure the Denver Nuggets. Um, sorry to any Nuggets fans out there listening to this. I don't know why you'd be listening to a Lakers podcast, but maybe to scout the enemy. But you're done. You know, maybe next year, champ. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So you want to look ahead to the uh, the Heat Celtics series game two, the Miami Heat over the Boston Celtics. Something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been kind of talking about the NBA playoffs on top of the Lakers every single episode. Kind of just giving our listeners a recap, giving our opinions on what's going to happen. Uh, the listeners know I'm pretty. I was pretty high on the Celtics. I said they were the one team that could beat the Bucks. Um, you know, I, I like them over the Raptors. They got to this point, and the Heat have just you know swept the carpet from under their feet. Man, they're up 2-0. 
Celtics reportedly had, you know, some heated debates in the locker room, some screaming and cursing between Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, where does it go from here? I think the Celtics take game three personally, just because I feel like these two teams are even. So I feel like eventually the Celtics do have to win one of them. Um, I don't think they're completely out of the series. I think I'm still going to say Celtics in seven. Ooh, wow. Yeah. So initially, I think I said Celtics in six, I believe was I my think prediction. so, yeah. I think I've just been, man, I I might have to go with Heat in six now after seeing them go up 2-0. Yeah. Just if I had to project the rest of the series out, I think the Celtics can take two. But I think out of the next four, the Heat will also take two just because these teams are so evenly matched. I mean, the Celtics had to win game two, and they just did not come out the way they should have. Yeah. Um, it's looking more and more like a Heat-Lakers finals. You know, something I wouldn't have preferred. I would have preferred a Celtics-Lakers series, but, man, we talked about it last podcast. The Heat have only lost one game this entire I know. playoffs. I know. We said uh, said a few, you know, during the Milwaukee series when they are up 3-1, they felt kind of like, you know, and the teams are, they don't have the same profile at all. Um but it felt like the 2011 Mavericks, and I don't like that because obviously the 2011 Mavericks went on. You know, they beat the Lakers in the playoffs, I believe, right? They beat the Lakers that year, correct? I was only like 12 years uh, old. Yeah, that was the last year of the late, like last Kobe Lakers playoff. That was year. actually like really good, yeah. And Kobe was hurt, I believe. I think it was Dwight Howard led that. No, that was 2013. That was the 2011 Mavericks when they were, I think the Lakers were the oh, first yeah, or the second two, seed. Yeah, yeah. Because that was you the year that. LeBron and Kobe were finally supposed to meet in the finals. Um, and then they obviously didn't. Um, mm-hmm. The Mavericks went yep. on to, to beat the Heat. That was a big upset. You know, they've already beaten, you know, the top team from their conference so far. The Heat have in beating the Milwaukee Bucks. And then if they face the Lakers in the finals, that's kind of the same thing. Especially, you know, it's LeBron again. Um, so that that part kind of scares me because narratives in sports seem to always repeat themselves. You have a guy in Jimmy Butler who's very similar to Dirk Nowitzki in terms of just um, kind of his status in the league. You know, I feel like. Maybe not Jay Butt because of, you know, his off-court stuff and his locker room stuff, but both him and Dirk were always respected, you know, always regarded as, you know, top 15 players, whatever. Um, but Dirk just never kind of got over that hump and didn't wasn't really viewed before that 2011 year, let's be honest, as a guy who could lead a title-contending team or a title-winning team as, like, the number one, you know, without, like, a second superstar. And I feel like a lot of people feel the same way about Jimmy Butler. You know, Bam's been fantastic, but I wouldn't consider him a superstar superstar, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely. So I kind of feel like it's similar vibes. You know, sometimes it's just the grittier team wins outright. I still like the Lakers over the heat in a potential series. Uh, let's not get it too, uh, too far ahead of ourselves, even though we are playing the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets, not Denver. Denver Nuggets. Um, I don't know, man. They got the team of destiny vibes. I don't get it from the Nuggets. I get it from the heat. Yeah, I agree with you there, hundred percent. I'm actually, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm afraid to play the Heat if it, if the Lakers are fortunate enough to get that far, which I think they will be. Um, I just, man, the Heat kind of, they kind of scare me just a tad. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm holistically scared of the Miami Heat, but at the same time, you know, it's just that fear of the team of destiny kind of, uh, kind of thing. Like we were talking about the Nuggets, it's Cinderella story, them coming back back to back series. Uh, from 3-1 deficits, the Heat haven't had to come back from 3-1 deficits because they're outright just not losing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if you go back to that uh, Mavericks year, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. They did have a rough first round against Portland, um, 4-2, but then they swept the Lakers in round two. They swept. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they swept the Lakers in round two. The Lakers were the number two seed. The Mavericks were the number three seed. Lakers had a 57-25 record. They actually had the same record that year. Um, but still, you know, Kobe Bryant and whatnot. Um, and then they beat the OKC Thunder 4-1 to one in the finals. That was kind of, you know, before the Thunder were ready. You know, they actually didn't win anything. But um, And then they beat the Heat. Or, yeah, then they beat the Heat in the finals. So, I don't know, man. Team of Destiny vibes. You get one of them a decade. I feel like you really do, and it's the start of the decade, so maybe it's going to come now. It's been exactly oh, no. 10 years. Oh, no, it's not. It's been nine years. Yeah. Yeah, man. See, the Nuggets, to me, have, like, the energy of the San Francisco Giants in the even years. Okay. Like, they never put together good teams, but they won. You know, I just don't see the Nuggets winning because they run. They ran into the Lakers, you know? Yeah. If say the Lakers had gotten taken out, and the Nuggets had to play the Rockets, I think the Nuggets go to the NBA Finals just off of pure momentum. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Like the Giants did. You know, the Giants never played anybody exceptional in the playoffs. They ran into the Kansas City Royals on one occasion. Like, Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I will say the, yeah, I the Lakers 2-0 against the Heat this year. So. Oh, yeah, that's something to look at. But, I mean – and the other day doesn't mean a lot, but remember the Heat, like in the regular season, they were so good at home and they sucked on the road. Um, they're in Florida, so I don't know if that means anything, but maybe it does. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not, man. Yeah, game, uh, the first game that they played, the Miami Heat, uh, came on November 8th, so a while back. They beat the Heat 95 to 80. Yeah. I think the Heat really didn't have their, uh, their identity yet. Like they really hadn't found themselves. Yeah. Um, and they played them a month later in December. They beat them 113 to 110. It was a very close game. Uh, AD and LeBron scored a combined 61 points. But I just I feel like as the season has gone on, the Miami Heat have really, really found themselves. Yeah. They really found out what kind of players they got. Like Tyler, Tyler Hero has developed into an excellent young player. Duncan Robinson, one of the brightest young shooters in the league. Kendrick Nunn has taken a step back from the beginning of the season. But Bam has really taken that step forward. I mean, Drogic you know, has been playing take, great in the playoffs. Yeah, Drogic is the type of guy that you kind of need in the playoffs. You yeah. know, he's he's that veteran presence, that role player. That Iguodala. Tested, even though he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, he's the type of guy that, you know, really comes out in the playoffs. And, you know, we see that in really all sports. It never is the, uh, the superstar that hits the walk-off home run for the most part. Yeah. It's always that seasoned veteran who, you know, doesn't have, uh, doesn't have, you know, that uh, mental block, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, that maybe a young guy would. Yeah, I just said he is the Andre Iguodala of this team. Also forgetting, they also have Andre Iguodala. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, who isn't playing like a huge role to this team? And I'm sure he's at least having some sort of net positive, at least in the locker room. Um, you know, he's playing seven minutes a game. It's not like he's a huge impact player, but... Yeah, man. When you have, you know, the gritty J butt, you got uh, Jay Crowder, who's playing fantastic. Just he's been playing out of his mind um, compared to his talent level, like where he should be playing. Uh, Bam's been great. Drogic has really stepped up this playoffs. I think he's averaging 22 a game in the playoffs, which is just insane. Um, Like you mentioned, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. I've said on the podcast before, I'll say it again. My girlfriend's cousin told me the Heat were going to make represent the Eastern Conference in the the NBA Finals. Told me he was crazy. They're now two games away from doing it, and he's just going to rub it in my face. So there's (laughs) that. Yeah, they're definitely well on their way here. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that's who the Lakers play. Lakers got to get there first. 
uh, we both give the Denver Nuggets the Dunn chain, the Denver Nuggets. Um, if you also believe the Denver Nuggets are done, uh, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spot. I don't think Spotify has reviews, but you could uh, give us a follow on Spotify. You know, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You know, stay up to date with the podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We just had an interview go out yesterday with Jeff Perlman, author Jeff Perlman. Uh, he has a new book coming out about the Shaq Kobe Lakers. That was a really fun interview. Daniel was not present because of an emergency, but uh, we chugged along without him. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime, go Lakers. I, I, I mean,